You're listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast, hosted by Joe Hunter on the Sound of Life at soundoflife.org. Very interesting thing happened. I'm, I'm still kind of digesting it, and so was the government and everybody else. But uh, back a year ago, almost, almost a year ago, it was in January of 2021, uh, the Tesla Model S, which you may not be familiar with the inside of that, but it has, uh, basically it has a monitor there and a computer. Basically the car is a computer sitting on a battery, that's to put it really simple. But people were impressed because it's got a gaming PC built into that model. Yes, the Tesla Model S. Elon Musk, the company's CEO, said it's powerful enough to play Cyberpunk 2077. Whatever that is, it's accessible from any seat in the car via a wireless controller, and it seems like a nice way to spend time while your car is charging. We assumed that it would not be playable from the driver's seat while the car was moving. But apparently we were wrong, and apparently people who knew about it weren't saying anything. (laughs) Maybe because they thought, maybe I'm getting away with something. Isn't that interesting, isn't it? You're getting away with something. I'm not saying anything. It's probably not supposed to be like that. All the talk is about distracted driving. Wow, talk about playing a video game while you're actually driving. But earlier this week, it was reported that it's now actually possible to play some games on a Tesla dashboard screen while the car is in motion. So... That ability while driving that went unnoticed for about a year. The uh, United States National Highway Traffic Safety Administration is is said we're going to be looking into that situation. Kind of like mom, when she comes and catches you, give me that. (laughs) Give me that thing right there. And you know you're in trouble. Woo, buddy boy. Waking up with a cup of joe. You make my drive to work so worth having. Thank you for the entertainment, the music, the love, the blessings. The Cup of Joe Morning Show, the sound of life. Man, we're talking about the weather over the weekend. Uh, quite, um, I, and you know, for right around Christmas now, it's not all that unusual to be this warm before Christmas. If it's this warm after Christmas, that's traditionally when we really took a dive in the temps and, you know, getting into January, of course, as you well know. But, I mean, to be 50 today, I would say that's pretty mild. Uh, certainly a ways away from a sleigh ride, but we may still get some of that weather coming up. Kind of wondering, we think about Christmas time and, of course, with the music and stuff. Sleigh ride, have you ever been on a sleigh ride? <laughs> yes, sir. you ever been on a, a sleigh ride? Yes, I have. I used to have one with my horses. Really? Wow. A great way to start your day. Go ahead. Make my day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. It's an opportunity for you to get the one and only Cup of Joe Morning Show travel mode. A little surprise inside. There you go. All righty. We're always looking at today in history. And um, it's. I said earlier, what? I said uh, New Zealand, Gene Cernan, the astronaut, and the U.S. Mint. Or a coin, I said, something like that. It's going to be from there right there. It's easy. It's going to be easy. But I was very curious about New Zealand. It was discovered in 1642, and now I know where the name came from. It's actually Dutch. Zealand is Dutch. 
And you may know that already. A lot of Dutch founded uh, this part of the country up along the Hudson River. They planted a church about every hundred feet, you know. And so, but he was a navigator. I think his name is Abel Tasman. 1642, that's pretty far back. And he found it, and of course he named it for the largest city in Holland, in Denmark. Sorry, in Denmark, and it means sea land. It's Zealand. And he called it, of course, New Zealand, so make sure people would know that they weren't in Holland or in Denmark. <laughs> me, see, me, I couldn't find anything. And that's why. I just have to learn about. I don't know where I am most of the time anyway. New Zealand? The sound of life. One of the things that helped you out and get you through any season that you're going through is to understand that God sees you. How do I know that God sees you and cares about you? Especially cared about women in, I know I keep bringing this up, but that was especially an era where women were not even, their testimony wasn't even believed in court. Women were not treated very well. They certainly were not on equal with men in any form or fashion. And yet God treated them. He treated them like he, they were his mother. He used the same language to his mother. There was a woman in the crowd, and by now he had crowds that suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe immediately the bleeding stopped, and Jesus asked, who touched me? This is in Luke's account. He would put it in there. He was a doctor, and he would something like this would be really close to him. And everyone denied it. Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. The woman realized that she could not stay hidden. She began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. What did Jesus say to her? Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. His response was to reach out with care, compassion, and a healing touch. And you know what? He'll do the same you. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Might as well get up do something. The Sound of Life. This didn't happen around here, but it very likely could happen in our listening area because we have plenty of bear in some neighborhoods. We have the mountains in the area, and then of course the valleys where they are. I mean, if you look at how the trash cans are fortified, <laughs> they'll give you a clue to what neighborhoods have had bears in them. Uh, this happened in California, and it's really cool. It could happen anywhere. So get your security cameras ready because it's very interesting. Um, and this was in a neighborhood that's known for their inflatable Christmas decorations. Seen some of those around, right? Um, and so this is, I mean, she had a lot in her yard. It was, you couldn't take it all in as you drove by, really. But one of them happened to be a deer or should we say an antlered animal? which was quite large. I think it was three times the size of the bear cub that decided, you're on my territory, let's duke it out. <laughs> so the woman thought that it was hilarious, and it is kind of like something you would see in a cartoon when the bear started 
uh, you know, tussling it and trying to get a hold of its neck, and then and then went all the way down the end trying to bite it. I guess one thing I'll say for this: whoever made that inflatable did a really good job because that bear cub. I mean, I don't know what kind of teeth bear cub had, but I don't want to find out. And it 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 did good. The funny thing was that the mom was watching in the background. What the mom was thinking, the bear cub came over. And she said something like, you got to take that. He's still standing. Go get him. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever it was. But the woman said that these bears have been, now maybe not these particular ones, but she said, oh, yeah, we have them in the yard all the time. They got in through the window one time, left a couple of scratch marks on the wall, got into the bed, left some paw prints, not while they were home, thank God, but, whew, boy, I tell you, dealing with them can be, uh, can be quite the challenge that maybe sometimes you think you don't need, but uh, keep those cameras ready, because that may be... Any uh, town that could dream up a hoax like this has a sense of humor that I wouldn't try to compete with. It's not a hoax. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Today is the 14th of December. You probably know that. It is also chestnuts roasting on an open fire day. Well, it's Roast Chestnuts Day, because, you know, the very popular song, chestnuts roasting on a... Well, you know how it goes. And uh, it is a quite a tradition, roasting chestnuts, um, marked by the season. And they say what you, it's really great, like especially if you're having a, a gathering at your house, you know, uh, to be outside and have a nice coal bed of from the from the charcoal, and take your frying pan and put the chestnuts in it. I guess you soak them in water for like 15 minutes. You'll need to score them with a pretty sharp knife and be careful you know get a good pair of gloves and score them you have to make an x on them so they'll open up and that's where they they say the aroma is quite delicious i would not I think chuck brought us some one year and um i you know not i mean they're uh, they they're about it like a walnut or something i don't know about the taste but they say they they smell really great so I can go for that you know make quite an aroma as your guests are coming in or whatever maybe that's why they did it Maybe they just sat around eating, like, chips and salsa and roasting the chestnuts on the open fire. Merry Christmas, y'all. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Do not be afraid. We've heard those words before. And no doubt about it, we are living in an age of anxiety and fear. Not only have we come through a pandemic with so many uncertainties, question marks, what are we going into? Now, I say we've come through it, obviously. We have not been reminded of that. Now we come through some terrible weather, which we have no control over at all, of course, and uh, was totally unexpected and caused great loss and great heartache right here a couple of weeks before Christmas. And so as my caller expressed that, you know, I, I got some fear in me, and I think we would all probably say, wow, yeah, especially if we look at this. The shepherds, think about that. Now, these are guys that worked at night, overnight. They were outside. They were defending the sheep that were they were raising for sacrifice. They were in first central century Israel, living in frightening times. Everyone was afraid because they were under the iron fist of Rome. Rome established what was known as the Pax Romana, 
which had conquered most of the civilized world at that point. And many Jewish people were wondering, will the Romans ever leave our land? Will we ever be free again? Will the Messiah ever come? And then suddenly, seemingly out of nowhere, right on schedule, an angel appeared one night to those shepherds with this message, do not be afraid. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Their hearts must have been jumping out of their chest. It's interesting that whenever angels appeared, they began by saying, don't be afraid. Personally, I believe it's because you're, as a human, looking at God's holiness, a reflection of God's holiness. Angels, of course, are powerful, I would imagine beautiful if God created them, magnificent spirit beings. They always say that, though. So whatever I'm afraid of today, you're afraid of today, God's message is pretty simple. Fear not. In fact, an important part of the Christmas message is that you can get rid of your fear, replace it with joy. One thing you learned, if you're going to get rid of something, replace it with something, okay? The condition of joy is to let go of your fear because God came to this earth born as a baby in that small town in Bethlehem, which people had pretty much forgotten about. Is anything good going to come out of there? Oh, yeah. God's using it. But also notice that the message was to all people. So it's for you. <laughs> it's for you. It's for me. The Bible tells us all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. So wherever you are right now, Remember that God is with you. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped drinking the coffee. I stopped doing the standing and walking and the words, putting into sentence, doing. The sound of life. I know there's a uh, pastor in Chicago. They're having about the same kind of weather. 30s at night. They get some rain for tonight predicted and 40s in the daytime. And he's very concerned about the weather because he has been living outside. What? He's known as the rooftop pastor. He's gotten kind of famous, and that's a good thing, really. Uh, Ten years ago, he was outside, and it was to raise money to tear down a building, which was a terrible, filthy place. And he wanted it just leveled and gotten rid of and something new put there, and he had to raise a lot of money to do it. Now he's raising money to build something, which is really cool. He said it's going pretty good. You know, he does have a computer, so we can stay in touch. But other than that, pretty much like people living outside. He said a lot of, you know, a lot of these people, these are my neighbors. You know, and I think it's a great way to relate. It doesn't mean you have to do that. That's just something he felt led to do. So he's on these metal freight containers that'll symbolize the community center that'll be built there. After he raises some more money, they'll have classrooms job training, restaurants, a theater, and a gym. Isn't that a great thing? That's a light right there in a big city, right? That's pretty neat. He said, I want to bring awareness to the violence that's going on in our community, the poverty in our community, and all that is centered around raising funds to build this community center to fight these issues. So he wants to, he is the light, and he, and he wants to bring other people, and he's doing something different, and he's doing something different, and that is bringing in CEOs, athletes, actors, community leaders to spend the night with him. He was joking. He said, I almost killed the CEO the other night, man. but he's, uh, hopefully he's not too mad at me for very long. But it's a real learning thing, isn't it, to, to experience what these people experience, to do that. 
to do something that you would hope you would never have to do. It's pretty cool. And he said, you know what? If you can't give money to help out, send a note of encouragement. Send up a prayer. We just really do appreciate it. Don't you ever. When you think about the ultimate sacrifice, we have no idea, no inkling at all what the son gave up to come and live as a person on the earth with us in the dust and the hurt and the smell and the heartache and the loss and all of that. And now he knows what it's like and he can empathize. And the fascinating thing is it always comes back to this. Jesus was given all authority. And what did he do with it? He made it available for you to be born spiritually and live with him in his place. <laughs> okay? It's just incredible. You can't beat that. That's Christmas. Your daily dose of encouragement. I've got a smile on my face and a twinkle in my eye. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. Today it seems like pastors are basically acting like Jesus. They're doing some tremendous things. I think it's pretty cool that a pastor won the USA Today Best of Humankind Awards Person of the Year. And I I mean, I'm sure there's a, a lot of people. I would hate to make that decision to have to pick one person to be able to do that. But uh, it's a very interesting. She is a pastor in Monroe, Michigan. Uh, there's a Monroe in every state, in fact, in case you did know. But anyway, her, her and her husband uh, were there at this particular church for three years. I guess they're one of those. You know, you're stationed for three years, but they didn't want to leave. So they said, well, you know what? We're going to start our own church. And they're looking for a building. And they found one. And they went there. And there was a homeless man sleeping outside the doors. And they found out that it was a warming shelter. And thinking that, well, we can't take away the man's home. So we stayed in the shelter, they said, and eventually Pastor Boone and her husband moved, started raising money to build a bigger building. They had big ideas, and they had God ideas, and people got behind them. And they grew what is now known as Oaks Village, which has a food pantry, a clothes closet, a soup kitchen, free child care center, Free medical clinic and a nonprofit grocery store in addition to the shelter. Now, I know we have places around that kind of encompass miniatures of that, I would think, in one. But they have quite a thing going across there. And Gomer heard about it. Yes, yeah, rightly so. The Sound of Life. If you go to Paramus, New Jersey, and you may be rolling your eyes like, well, who doesn't? You know, But I don't know. You may not. Lozier Court in Paramus, New Jersey, is an average, quiet suburban road until you get to John Russo's home. I don't know what the neighbors are thinking, but you'll be going, whoa, wow. It's quite an elaborate Christmas light display, and it actually has become his life work and a celebration. You see, he had throat cancer, and he got over it in 2014. Well, I guess it was 2014 he promised his girlfriend that he would build a light show if he survived. And since then, he's programmed more than 12,000 lights to match a playlist that can be found on the radio. She's a beaut, John. <laughs> Stand back. Here we go. So uh, it's pretty cool. The whole display costs hundreds of dollars of electricity, of course. But he does ask the hundreds of visitors who show up every weekend 
for a donation for toys for tots. How about it's that? Christmas! There you go. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Oh, you look like a man who could use more coffee. The Sound of Life. Favorite Christmas decoration. Looking for that today. I One family out in Utah, I guess they, uh, you know, one of the favorite things to do could be in your house to make gingerbread houses. Maybe the kids each have a kit and they can do the gingerbread thing. Or maybe you just do one. This one particular family just basically transformed their house into the gingerbread house. Not making that up. <laughs> and it's drawing a lot of attention, as you can well imagine. People are taking pictures and posting them and all that stuff, you know. It resembles uh, basically a life-size gingerbread house. Virginia Hoffman's is the one that um, thought about it, you know. And she realized a few years ago that that red brick home bears a striking resemblance to the Christmas season treats. So she started thinking of ways to decorate the home as a gigantic gingerbread house, right? So, uh, you know, having the uh, made in the image of God and being a creative person, I would think. She enlisted the help of her family. They said, sure. (laughs) And so uh, in 2019, they painted the gumballs at Thanksgiving. This year, they added vanilla wafers to the recipe. The yearly decor has proven popular with the neighbors. I think I know why. (laughs) This year's version went viral online after her daughter shared photos on Reddit, of course. And everybody probably wants to know, when do we eat? Here we go. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. It's pretty bad when somebody's taking a video of you because you're trying to get a fist bump of Joel during a concert. You're right up in front and he's singing and everything. He's bending over, he's right there at you. And you get your fist up and you're trying to get a fist bump (laughs) and he just ignores you. And so then he issued a little video apology and he said, try not to cringe. I'd like to extend an official apology to this bloke after not extending a fist bump. I promised my eyes were closed. I was so into the music. And that makes sense to me. You can't tell, right? And so they made peace in the end, mate. If you cause you, Joel calls you, you're my mate. And he ended up making peace there. And maybe we'll do a fist bump later. Waking up with a cup of Joe. Good morning. Good morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. You're letting me know about your favorite Christmas decoration. <laughs> yes, all the way from Florida. Lisa, you got a favorite Christmas decoration? I would probably say the angels. Ooh. Do you guys I have lights out in front of your house or not? No, not yet. Pe- I have oh. bought I bought them, but we didn't put them out yet because I'm waiting for the landscaper to come and landscape before I put them out. Wow! <laughs> the Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Pop some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. The sound of life. Twenty four days of Christmas scripture countdown. Today we are in Luke, chapter two. Verses 8 through 11. I know you know this part right here. It's absolutely amazing. These shepherds were what they call, if I'm not mistaken, you can correct me on that, but I think they were Levitical shepherds. They were in charge of taking care of the sheep that would be raised for sacrifice. Many people think that Jesus' birth happened in the spring because of the shepherds being out at night watching those young sheep. And you think about shepherds at at night, guarding the sheep who know they saw everything you know and so what they saw (laughs) wasn't like anything they'd ever seen before and they weren't thought of very highly in the neighborhood right i would imagine when they 
came in and came to town, people just avoided him. You know how that is? And maybe they do that to you too. But God is recorded in Luke chapter 2, verse 8, and in the same region as Jesus was being born, in the same region were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear at the glory of the Lord. Mm. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Angel probably thought, I know you look like I'm going to destroy everything, but I'm not. I'm bringing you very good news for you and everybody else. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. That is pretty cool message. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't imagine traveling to school every day without it. It helps me um, in my prayer over our school and our students and teachers. So thank you for all that you do. The sound of life. Well, Wardell came through last night. He did not disappoint. He rarely does. You know him better as Steph. That's his nickname. Curry is his last name. I knew his father playing in the NBA uh, Del Curry. I guess his name was Wardell, too, because Steph is a, I never realized it, but he's a junior. But uh, he uh, was at the packed Madison Square Garden last night. One of the most exciting things in the evenings I've had at Madison Square Garden in a while. It set a record for the most expensive tickets in New York Knick history because they came to watch Steph Curry break the all-time three-point record, and he did not disappoint he did that. Um, he did it in half the number of games that it took the previous record holder, Ray Allen. A lot of people wanted to see that last night. And the Golden State Warriors, the Golden State is California, of course. He was drafted by the Golden State Warriors out of college. You may not have heard of his college. It's Davidson College. You see, Steph was raised in a Christian family, went to a Christian school in Charlotte, He's not very tall, if you, and he really is, as my wife would say. He's a normal guy. He really is. He's not 6'6", six, 6'9", six, six, like most of the NBA players are. And therefore, even though he was good, I mean, the big schools didn't want him. You know, Carolina, uh, Duke, and Kentucky, and, you know, you know, the names that always appear every year in March, you know, playing for the playoffs. They didn't want him, so he went to Davidson College, little bitty school there, private school there north of Charlotte. And, man, they came, oh, they came within a shot of beating Kansas that year and going to the finals. They were in the semifinals, that little school. They have a rich basketball history, but that's okay. You don't care about that. Steph Curry, growing up, he's married now. He's got three kids. You know, he's 33. He's an old man. <laughs> you know? It's an interesting story, too, because he's the, he's your favorite if you've ever experienced not living up to what the expectation, not being picked by the, the big time, you know, and having to, to settle and making your way where you are. Uh, when it came for the shoe contract thing, I guess he and his dad went to one of the big companies and they didn't even pronounce his name correctly. They kind of filled it in and they gave him a standard speech. And they were like, well, let's let's go on. And 
you know, the company Adidas went and made him a big offer, and now he prints Bible verses on his shoes, and he's one of my heroes. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. You're as funny as a cry for help. The Sound of Life. I like the uh, church signs that you can change, you know. Some of them are really pretty clever, like Edith Rankin Memorial United Methodist Church. I don't know where that is. It's on Bath Road. Bath, that's a big name in New York. Rankin's a big name in North Carolina. Yeah, Edith Rankin. Hmm. Um, and this one you don't change the letters to. You, you, you change it internally. I know what you're thinking. Joe, get with the times. This is the way it is now. It's digital, right? You do it on your phone. Got the app. Change the sign. What does your church sign say this time of the year? I thought this one was pretty clever. Okay, you got to picture this. A long time ago... In a Galilee far, far away. Isn't that cool? Isn't that? Yes. You say, yes, it's cool, my friend. Yes. Okay. A great way to start your day. Go ahead. Make my day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The Sound of Life. Of course, uh, whenever there's a rash, lately we've had um, nature acting really ugly. Sometimes it's people acting. Ugly, but whenever that catastrophe happens and we're saddened and confused and stuff, we always ask the wrong questions and the news people don't help us out any because first thing you notice, why? Why? We're trying to get to the bottom of this. Why did it happen? And it's the easy way out, but it doesn't help you. <laughs> and Lena Abujamra is right on the money, that question, you know. Whether God is able to keep bad things from happening to us, that's the reason why. I, I know. And I can I can see it from hearing from someone whose faith has crumbled. And it's because, you know, we pray for a good parking spot at church. We get to church. Oh, it's packed. Lord, give us a good spot. And there it is. But why won't you heal my friend's 12-year-old with a rare cancer? You know, her whole life ahead of her. And that's a big question. And we ask why. And somebody like Lena very honestly saying, why haven't you provided a partner for me, Lord? Maybe you're like, why didn't I get a raise? I've been so faithful. Or why are my kids still running away from me or running away from God, right? Why haven't you answered my prayers, Lord? Surest way to fall into self-pity and misery is to keep on asking why. And of course, there's probably news outlets that, well, we like that. That's what we're doing. You know, but trusting God means trusting that while God could change my circumstances, if he hasn't yet, then he must have a really good reason for it. And asking him about that reason instead of asking why. Asking, what are you trying to teach me in this process? <laughs> That's the thing you got to remember, right? Psalm 18, verse 30 in the Bible, David reminds us that this God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. You just have to stand. That's a rock and a promise you have to stand on. If you're stuck asking God why, then resolve to surrender to what God is trying to accomplish in your life today. Trusting him with both process and outcomes. Neat little thought there from Lena Abijamra, who's always very honest in what's going on in her life and God. And that's why... I think she's a great teacher, and we, we look up to her. So there you go. A little reminder for you. The Sound of Life. On this December 16th, we're looking at uh, Gift Exchange Day. And uh, Gift Exchange, we did that at church for years. And uh, it's very interesting, very interesting dynamics. First of all, everybody shows up. 
And my wife and I generally would leave the house and grab what we got last year in a box just to take with us. You know, I mean, we always took, looked at it as a lighthearted thing. If you want to be serious about it, you can grab a bag of candy because that's always something people go after right there, you know. But there was always some very unusual gifts. And it was interesting to see the dynamics between couples, I think, because, you know, one guy'd be like getting a, a neat little, for some reason, I think there was a bowler hat going around. I mean, that was really kind of cool. And um, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, anything like that. But, you know, one particular gentleman, he liked it. I was like, yeah, it's cool. You know, but you could tell by the look on his wife's face was like, no, don't put that back. You put that back. You know, and like that. And so sometimes you just want people to lighten up. And we've done them at work here. Um, and it was uh, very interesting. Uh, Connie was saying, you know, one year it was toilet paper. And this is like years ago. It turned out to be like a prize gift. Maybe we should have known going into the pandemic that maybe that would be the item. I, I don't know. Maybe that was a foretelling right there. But uh, we got Lisa, like, you, you guys are gathering, though. I don't know about gifting, but you're gathering, right? I'm hosting. I invited a few of my neighbors over for dinner. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Oh, you're a smooth talker. You are. You are. The Sound of Life. I was looking at some news about, uh, uh, it's an accident, but it had an interesting diversion to it out in Indiana on the interstate there. Uh, it resulted in a honey spill. You heard that correctly. Honey spilled out all over the highway. Large doses of it. And it made the news, of course. They had to divert traffic. I can't imagine going, how do you clean up honey? I don't know. <laughs> Wait, I don't know. But where I grew up, kids, in North Carolina, over in Winston-Salem, Interstate 40. Now, this is an interstate highway for years. When it went through the middle of Winston-Salem, it has since been... All redone now, I think. Anyway, they had a hairpin turn. I'm not making that up. If you've ever been on it, you know what I'm talking about. You had to have massive yellow signs, flashing lights, you know, slow down, <laughs> truckers, slow. It was a legitimate hairpin turn on an interstate highway. And I'm laughing because <laughs> what else can you do, right? Cry. But over the years, you would hear about, up oh, truck. Maybe didn't jackknifed on the turn, had a spill of what? What was it this time? Chickens, pigs, pipes. Oh, they had a whole load of pipe one time, just rolled down the hill and everything. You know, so it was always something. And I thought, yeah, we, we get diverted. I mean, it was an accident. You know, what about the person, the people that were there? You know, we get diverted easily by other things. Sometimes even diverted by flashing beautiful lights and music and sometimes we get diverted from what is really important and what we should be thinking about and this is of course is probably the number one season ever that we so easily get our attention diverted right and i mean it's kind amen. of kind of the way it is yeah i get a amen, amen on that. Yeah. the cup of joe morning show with joe hunter you might as well get up do something the sound of life saw a video Wow, just really jerks at your heart. Um, a man's playing a piano in his, what appears to be like a, a room in his house, pretty simple room. And as the camera backs out, you realize that he has no roof and he has no rest of the house, actually. The room kind of was a, a living room, dining room area that went into the kitchen. You can see part of the kitchen, but half, at least half that 
house is gone. So he's basically sitting outside playing what was left after the tornado and just sitting there playing the piano. Beautiful song. Amazing. But the light always shines where terrible things happen, where there's darkness. And Tommy, I'm glad they got a hold of him. Tommy Jackson, 65 years old, living there. Uh, he, he told the news people, he said, I got no way of getting any money because my bank was destroyed. I got no form of identification. I got no credit cards. He lived, or lived, lived I don't know, lived, I guess, in Mayfield, Kentucky. Uh, that storm, uh, the twister really obliterated everything that he owned, or so he thought. And he discovered something deeply important amid the piles of destruction and that was his family Bible. You knew that was coming, didn't you? How many times you hear that story? And that's not all. Tucked inside the Bible was his birth certificate, a form of identification that will surely be much needed as Tommy Jackson rebuilds his life in the coming days, weeks, months, years, perhaps, right? Witnessing his home being destroyed right in front of him and then ending up and that's the way it is, isn't it? You see it, you're crushed, you're at the lowest you can be, you think everything was destroyed, but God has a surprise for you. And I pray that for you today. He told the news people, the presence of the Lord was watching over me. Oh, there's no two ways about it, no matter what happened. But he did say the best thing of all, I trust in the Lord. The sound of life. How can the kids in the dollar store illustrate how God works a lot of times. <laughs> I know you probably have a ton of thoughts right now, but she said, I was in the dollar store last night and there was a lady with two kids behind me in this long line. And one of them was a big kid and the other one was a toddler. And one, the big kid had a pack of glow sticks. And so the mom, the toddler was screaming for him, you know? So mom took them and broke them apart and gave her the child, one of them. And the child was having a great time, just kind of playing with it and examining it, looking at it, waving it around. And then the big kid took it from him. <gasps> Ooh, he started screaming again. And then he broke it, right? That's what you do with a glow stick. You break it in half, and it started to glow. And he gives it back to the toddler and says, I had to break it so you could get the full effect from it. Woo, and she said, this lady said, I almost ran out of the store. She said, I could hear God saying, that's why I had to break you so I could get you to glow for me, right? That's pretty cool. That she was think she and it's interesting because that may, message may have been just for her from God. And many times God does do things to break you, like with a sickness or a job or even a divorce or something. You know, different for everybody, right? But uh, and that's when we really produce and are on fire because you were made for a purpose. You've been set apart. If you're a follower of Christ, you have. A, a specific job to do. Get on with it, yes. You've been listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast on the Sound of Life, the Hudson Valley's 100% listener-funded Christian radio station. For more information on upcoming events, contests, to ask for prayer, and to become a member of the Sound of Life family by supporting the station, visit us at soundoflife.org.